Welcome to Demystifying Tech, a business cloud podcast which examines the impact of technology on industry and wider society. In each episode, a technologist from one of the UK's most innovative companies will break down a key area of tech and offer practical takeaways for your business. In this episode, we are joined by Spencer Earp, MD for the EMEA region at Global Enterprise Pendo. The company helps clients from Fortune 500 enterprises to B2B tech startups to educational institutions and healthcare systems develop software products. Today, Spencer will help us to define what we mean by a tech mindset, explain why every business is now effectively a tech business, reveal how Pendo can help traditional enterprises to put technology at the forefront of their approach. Spencer, thank you for joining us today. Um, we've both just come back from our holidays and, and we're all refreshed, so this is going to be a cracking podcast. Thank you for the welcome. Yes, first day back, so um, ready and raring for you. First of all, what we need to talk about is what a tech mindset actually is. Can you define it for us? Yeah. Um, so I give you, I give you my uh, perspective. So for me, a tech mindset is having a digital or tech first approach to solving problems, uh, leveraging technology to be more efficient, more collaborative, and being relentless in the sort of pursuit of finding a way to leverage technology for that outcome. Um, You know, mindsets are talked about in a number of different areas, product mindset, customer mindset, growth mindset. I I think, you know, a tech mindset is is purely an extension of of, uh, many of those other mindsets that people refer to. I guess it's a lens, isn't it? So if you always, I mean, if you look at something like diversity, you always have that as a lens now because of the changing you know, nature of society and business. You always kind of have that, you know, we have a panel for Business Cloud, for example. Do we have a representation on our panel, for example? So if we look at through, through the lens of technology, you know, every business is basically a tech business now. You know, how, but how does that manif- manifest in reality? Yeah, exactly. I think um, that's a fair statement. Um, and for me, the biggest noticeable difference in uh, a becoming a tech business, uh, so traditional companies sort of making that transition to becoming a tech business, is really where technology becomes part of the product or the service that that company is uh, delivering for their customers and not simply using uh, technology to support the operation of a company. Um, maybe the, the sort of initial uh, move by many companies over the last you know few decades are using technology to help you know manage uh, areas of their business and make them more efficient. This transition sees tech playing a much bigger role um, and providing um, you know tech. Access to parts of the organisation that maybe they they didn't historically. So, at an executive level, um, you know, new titles like CTO and CIO and CPO, Chief Technology Officer, Chief Information Officer, Chief Product Officer. You know, titles with budgets and teams and power. And for me, that's really how we've seen you know every business becoming a tech a tech business. So we've seen that personally. So I remember talking to somebody about cybersecurity and it, it become, moves it away from having that CIO, for example, that CTO at board level, moves it away from, well, someone who's already on the board 
has responsibility for this and it's an afterthought. Actually, here's someone who's who's making that case and actually it's at the forefront of every decision that's made in that business. Would you say that was the sort of the trigger for the the change, which has been many years in the making? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And, you know, to some extent you can, as you heard it sort of, Terms like a you know the promise of tech. Um, it has certainly you know I've I've been at this for two and a half uh, decades or working in and around this space. But certainly I think over the last decade we've seen some massive changes and you know big advances in uh, fundamental aspects of technology like cloud and mobile have really um, made. Uh, made it easier for people to access technology. Um, you kind of compound that with the impact of the pandemic, obviously in the last few years that really provided an accelerator for many companies to to, to think about transformation, digitally transformation. Um, maybe companies that were, you know, were lagging a little bit, they were forced to make changes. And then more recently, you know, in the in the last year, you add the promise of AI and machine learning into that, it feels like that's just another um, you know, shot in the arm in terms of an acceleration of this trend that we've been seeing for the last, the, the last 10 years. So uh, it certainly doesn't feel like it's going to slow down anytime soon. Absolutely. And, and actually when we talk to, to people now, it's like, why aren't you using technology? So if, you know, someone may come to us and say, oh, I've had this problem. It's like, well, have you not thought about using this tool? And and actually, people now are so much more on board with what's available and out there. And there are so many businesses providing those services. One of those businesses is Pendo, obviously. But let's talk about your good self for a moment. So you've worked for 25 years across a variety of tech categories, uh, building and propelling organizations and European go-to-market strategies. How's your approach evolved over your career as a technology capability has accelerated? Yeah, well... Yes, I have had um, the pleasure of working in the industry and many great companies over over the 25 years. And I guess in some ways there's been, you know, lots of change throughout that career, you know, just in terms of the way that we work, just, you know, this call or meeting that we're having now is, you know, a good example of one of those. Um, But there are, you know, I'd say the fundamentals remain the same um, in in that to drive the sorts of transformation and outcomes that businesses are looking for, focusing on people, process, and technology, thinking about how we approach those three um, uh, aspects, still true today. And, And I was, you know, I was introduced to that very early on in my, in my career um, and that you know, if you if you simply focus on one and one uh, of those tenants only, your you know your chances of success are really slim. So if you really only come at it from a technology perspective, and don't think about how you bring the people with you or the underlying processes that you're uh, looking to improve or change, then all the technology in the world. Um, you know, won't won't help with that. So, uh, yes, a lot of change, and you know, adapting to that change is really important. It's you know the the, the one constant, I guess, that, that I have experienced. 
but the, the fundamentals remain the same. So you've brought your experience into Pendo now. So you've been there a little more than a year, did you say? Yeah, uh, uh, just over a year I joined Pendo. Um, so uh, uh, it's been a, a, a very fun and fast-moving time to join the company. So, uh, yeah, just over a year. So can you give an example of how one of these traditional companies, one of the clients of, of Pendo, if you like, you know, how you've helped them to adopt a tech mindset? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess the fir- first thing to say is, you know, we really do have a very broad range of, of customers um, across many different industries, all the way uh, across our region of EMEA, um, uh, large companies and, and smaller companies, com- you know, startup companies at the beginning of their journey. But um, I think the one really interesting thing that kind of reinforces the point we've been making is that, that you know, there are, are, are lots of different companies, some uh, maybe that you wouldn't expect to be really taking advantage of technology. Um, and I think the the one that I'm going to talk about here would be a company called Essity, which is a company headquartered out in Stockholm. Uh, they operate in the the hygiene and health um, space. So they they sort of products are ranging from tissue paper and you know baby diapers through to orthopedics and wound care, a really broad range of products. Um, and we, we have been working with them to address a, a major problem that they faced over the last couple of years with a massive increase in raw material costs. Um, and the impact of that on on their margin and profitability. And and so they were uh, running a project that was um, effectively their order to uh, cash process globally and leveraging technology, CRM and CPQ technologies to to help manage that process. And that uh, project was the second iteration of uh, uh, an attempt to make make an improvement in this area. And they were using Pendo to improve um, their ability to bring that change to their teams. So going back to the point I made a little earlier in terms of technology, people and process, they had really struggled to get their teams to adopt the new systems and the processes that they needed to uh, bring to life. And uh, we we were working with them to help guide their employees through that process. Um, and, uh, you know, that project's been a huge success for them. And we're now working with them on a number of other projects. So, you know, a really good example of a, what I would describe as initially a very non-tech company uh, leaning into the the use of tech in in the way that they are, are you know managing their business and working with their customers. Now, Pendo is a global organization, but it does have a heavy presence in the UK. Can you just give me a bit of a flavor of what that looks like and, and what the plans are? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we we are a, um, a global company. We're headquartered out of North Carolina in the US, uh, but we're a fully functioning EMEA operation. Uh, our EMEA headquarters is here in London. Um, where we have, you know, teams covering sales, marketing, customer success, um, and even um, uh, product teams. Uh, we also have uh, our community team. We have a, a part of our business called Mind the Product that are also based out of London here. And, and as I said, our, our, some of our product teams based up in an office in Sheffield. Um, and we have some uh, additional product and customer success team members based out in Israel. 
So all in all, uh, in the UK, we're about 130 people. Um, as I mentioned, our office here in London is I'm, where I'm sat today is in the heart of the city. We're in Shoreditch, uh, just off Old Street Roundabout. Um, and yeah, we have huge ambitions for our, our EMEA business. Um, we, we have a... Um, a massive opportunity to grow our business in the region. You know, the, the, the types of customers that we are servicing uh, in our US business, which is obviously a more mature business, is replicated by those companies here in Europe. So the opportunity for us to kind of repeat the success that we've seen in the US here in EMEA uh, is really strong. And so we're, we're investing and building that business out over the next over the next few years. So your company's done some research, which has shown that actually there's a lot of traditional companies in the UK that are thinking and acting more like tech companies now. So they could be in finance, they could be in farming, could be in manufacturing or advertising. And what you actually did was you went and surveyed more than 500 R&D leaders and senior leadership figures at large companies with 500 plus employees outside of those core tech industries, if you like. So all the sectors which aren't tech. Um, and one of the things that you found was that um, – almost half of traditional enterprises are now considering themselves as tech companies. How are they adapting their approach? Yeah, um, I think it's, it was a, a re really uh, interesting survey. Um, and I think the, the, the key things for me, uh, sort of the trends across the different co companies is one, um, it, you know, it covers some of the points we've already discussed here. So it's, it's, shifting the organizational mindset to a digital or tech first mindset um and you know one one of the key aspects of that for me is the close alignment of um technology to the overarching business objectives of the company um so i think you know those businesses that uh, are, are going through that transition think seem to be you know the most successful in in, in making that um that move one um i guess way companies have approached that is that they've hired people from technology companies or with technology or product backgrounds so to help with that sort of transition of the mindset uh bringing in you know talent from the technology space um, I think to sort of lead the way and share their experience. Uh, in addition to that, a number of companies have made acquisitions of technology companies to help bolster their own capabilities, whether those are product capabilities or their teams. Um, we, we've already touched on this. I think you know using technology as part of the product and the service, not just to run the company. That I think is a, a, a major one. And, and related to that is is using using data to better inform decisions that they're making about uh, product direction, product roadmap, where to invest, where not to invest. Um, and you know, again, you know, uh, using technology to help provide that data to, to give people the chance to make better decisions is um, uh, I think a key, key move uh, for, for many of these companies that are going through that, that change. Some of the other findings from the research, uh, there's a great need for product management and growth roles. You know, 50, 51% of respondents said these are key highest to achieve their business goals. Um, and then one of the other key findings was that uh, product analytics tools rank the highest amongst product teams in non-tech companies in terms of return on investment. 
So 75% of people that have already adopted these have seen a positive impact. With four in five valuing the ability to make informed decisions and 78% finding the product data and analytics are increasing efficiency when building digital products. So where can we go and find more about that research? Um, so the research um, su- survey or report is available on our website. Um, we'd you know ha- happily direct you to that for, for anyone to have a read of the report. And if there's any additional information uh, behind those sort of summary findings, we'd you know welcome the opportunity to talk directly with me or one of one of the, the team here in uh, at Pendo. Um, but as you as you touched on, I think you know the the impact of product analytics to those that have invested is is huge. Um, so again, go, going back to the point I mentioned earlier in terms of the opportunity for us to help customers here in the region, uh, just re- it really just underlines that point. There'll be a link in the in the description for the podcast stroke YouTube video. However, you're viewing this or listening to this today uh, to, to read more about that. One last question before we get on to our reader questions. What features, priorities, tools, and strategies are traditionally associated with tech companies, do you say? And how can non-tech companies adopt them? Yeah. So, and, and some of, you know, forgive me, some of these might repeat some of the things I've already touched on, but probably w- worth reinforcing anyway. So I think, number one, um, it, it's that, link between technology and the business. So uh, really aligning the use of technology, whether that is as part of the product and the service and or to run the business, but ensuring that there's that really close link to the the business priorities, the business objectives. Um, And that that's not just a one-off event, that that um, you know that connection is maintained through um, uh, through time, um, and uh, that particularly leaders in the organisation stay stay connected around that. Um, and the you know the, the for me the key change many non tech businesses go through when they start to have more of a technology or a digital mindset is the the need to be able to work more quickly so the 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 use of um the term agile kicks into place you know a lot of traditional companies have generally made decisions and made changes uh, over long periods of time the shift to digital or tech mindset approach is that things can happen much more quickly and being willing to test and try things and not always those things to work out exactly as you had intended and be comfortable with that. I think that's, uh, you know, a a major, a major shift. Um, The, uh, I guess the, the other element is linking to that to some extent is just constantly being aware of the changes in, um, in the technology, the infrastructure that's available, um, so that you you can take full advantage of those changes. So I, you know, again touched on uh, AI and all of the uh, you know hype maybe um, that's been around that in the last in the last twelve months. But you know, thinking about how can how can we take advantage of those and test those and see what's right for our business is you know a really a really good example. Um, 
And um, I think, you know, the, la the last one maybe relates to um, how companies decide what they will own and what they will maybe sort of um, partner or, or, or buy from other companies. Um, again, a lot of traditional companies have sort of historically owned a lot of this capability internally within their own IT organization or um, you know, within, within their company. The, the sort of ability to leverage all of the technology uh, that's uh, coming to market quickly, uh, it, it means that you need to partner with a range of, uh, of vendors and, and make sure that you're, you know, you're well set up to be able to do that. Um, and, you know, working with other firms is sometimes more complicated and harder than working with your own internal team. So I think changing the mindset to be able to, to adapt to that is, is a, is a key, uh, is a key thing. 100%. I think if you if you try and build everything in-house, you know, there's a, there's an argument to say if you build something in-house, you can then sell it. But actually, if that's not your expertise, if you're not going to actually put all the hours into that and you're not going to build the teams to have me at the absolute cutting edge of that technology, you're better off just partnering with organizations and, and sort of harnessing their expertise and their knowledge and their, you know, their, you know, their customer success, um, you know, their, their tech assistance and all that kind of good stuff to make sure that you're actually focused on your core product and actually hitting the right audience and, and maximizing your potential rather than trying to do everything yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And especially, you know, as I say, you know, advances in technology are really uh, speeding up and all of the, you know, increasing demands on us in terms of regulation or security, all these sorts of things make it really difficult for, you know, companies, as you say, you know, that, in Estes case as an example, you know, their core business is health and hygiene uh, to, you know, be able to rely on companies like us uh, to focus on things that are our core strength. You know, it's a really, you know, it's a really strong partnership. So this is the part of the pod where we ask you our reader questions. So we've had one come in that asks, what does a successful product look like? So you've already touched upon the fact that you can iterate with software. You know, it's not like, you know, you launch it, you send it off and and, and that's it. It's gone. Um, but, you know, what else can you say? What can you add to that? What does a successful product look like? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I get, you know, this is clearly my perspective, both, I guess, from a professional and maybe as a consumer. Um, I, there's a lot of aspects I would put that go into, you know, creating a successful product. Um, and, and the truth is uh, only one from, at least from the data that we've got, right? Only one in every five products will be successful, okay? And, and even fewer have kind of a long life. So for, for me, a successful product simply is where it, it, it meets its goals, right? Where it, it, a product exists to solve a problem and where it does that, i.e. it fits the market, um, it engages the customer or the user of the product well. It solves the problem and delivers value. Um, and ultimately, you know, it keeps me coming back. Uh, and so that, um, you know, there's a, a, a what we would describe as a churn rate. There's a low churn rate associated with that product. If, if you can achieve those things, then for me, then that's what I would describe as a successful product. 
yeah, make make it sticky and also listen to the market and make sure that you're actually delivering something that people want and will use. Because like you say, when it comes to renewing, if they've not used it, they're not gonna they're not going to renew it, are they? So uh, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it, it it needs to solve a problem. Um, there's there's in our industry, and I think you know, the recent economic change has thin this out a little bit but you know there's a lot of products out there looking for a problem rather than the other way around so um yeah for me you know that, that's the number one needs to solve a problem and deliver value to the customer and ideally be something that they enjoy or find easy to to use great insight so far you know adopting a tech mindset this is where we ask you to kind of boil it down for us into a few quick fire tips so these are our tech your tech takeaways can you boil it down for us? Give us a few tech takeaways. Yeah. And, and so, again, I think this probably does summarize some of the things I've already talked about. For, for one, you've got to get everyone bought into the digital transformation process, right? So I talked about this people, process, and technology. Uh, so for, for me, it's all about creating that vision around why um, and, you know, bringing the team with you um so that you know needs to be something that is fundamentally driven from the top with a really clear vision uh, and mission around why and then on a regular basis you know really is is brought to life for people and 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 managed day to day so that that um that energy continues because it, it it's you know, it's, it is a journey and sometimes, you know, it's difficult. And so you need to kind of bring everyone with you. The, the other aspect, particularly for traditional companies, is that you enable people to go through that. So it's all well and good just sort of announcing that you're going to do it. But how do you equip people to be able to do it? So enabling people with training and, and the skills to make that transition is really important. And, um, you know, to, to some extent, you know, it it it, uh, it helps with that first point in terms of bringing everyone with you, right? Where where people feel able to make that transition, it's much it's much easier for for people to you know to kind of go go through that change. And then um, I guess the last one is, you know, really is providing the the right tools and capabilities to be able to have that kind of digital tech first um, reality. So it, it will mean investing in uh, new tech technology or tools to help people do the jobs that, that they do. And sometimes, um, you know, that requires uh, you know, additional investment, new ways of the business thinking about, how they they operate and isn't isn't always an easy um an easy one to you know to make happen in terms of a, a cfo opening the wallet to 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 provide new tools that you know they may initially deem as um kind of nice to have so for me it's like thinking about this as a as a holistic approach and getting everyone bought into um you know into that end end vision we always finish up podcasts or webinars with that question. Tell me something about yourself that may surprise me. So it could be something personal. It could be something from your business career. Or, you know, something that maybe you've not told other people before or just, you know, tell, tell me something about yourself that would surprise me. Um, I don't know if it would surprise you, 
but um, I'm a reader and a runner, really. You know, those are two big uh, parts of my life. Um, I guess some, something that might surprise people in terms of from a professional point of view, I talked about the fact that we're based here in Shoreditch, um, in, so in the heart of central London, but we're incredibly lucky and maybe unique to have uh, an outside space here. Um, and so I welcome anyone listening to this podcast. If you're ever passing Old Street, uh, you, you're very welcome to, to join us out on the terrace for a cup of coffee and to learn a little bit more about Pendo. When you say you're a reader and a runner, do you do those at the same time? Are you running a marathon while you're reading reading a novel? Or? No, well, no, uh, I think I'd fall over. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess luckily I, I can listen to some of those if I'm doing, if I'm trying to double up. Uh, Audible is my uh, is my saviour on that front. That's a tech first mindset if, if ever I heard one. But listen, it's an absolute pleasure today. You know, you've shared your insight into how businesses can embrace a tech mindset. You know, you've got to take people on the journey, you know, partnering with organizations to, to harness their expertise and to, instead of trying to build everything themselves and actually just just kind of investing in that company investing in technology to make sure that you know you're you're realizing the ambition of the company and you know tapping all the potential avenues for growth i think is really important so it's an absolute pleasure great to meet you thanks for uh, taking the time and us asking the questions if you have any feedback on today's episode contact business cloud on linkedin or x or comment on the video episode of this podcast on youtube you can also drop us an email at podcasts at businesscloud.co.uk if you enjoyed the episode and found it useful, please like and subscribe on your preferred platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and more to be among the first to hear more insights from renowned UK technologists. Thank you for listening and see you soon. The Mystifying Tech is a business cloud podcast produced in partnership with pan-European B2B tech PR and communications agency Taito. New episodes are streamed on Business Cloud's YouTube, LinkedIn and Twitter pages from 12pm on the second Friday of every month, while you can find all episodes on YouTube and all major audio podcast platforms. Subscribe now so you never miss an episode.